When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live, and what cuter way to go live than little Roman licking Issa uh, right here on the podcast and Wrestling Inc. Dreams do come true. We are here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast after NXT. I am Alfred Cuddle at This Is Nasty. Joined, as always, by our returning champion, NYC Demon Diva herself, Issa. What's going on? Not much. I'm excited to talk about NXT tonight. There was a couple of things that I actually enjoyed. Good, you and me both. I think this is a, a fun show, fun follow-up. They're doing a big angle, so I'm sure a lot of people will yeah. have stuff to talk about. And we will get into it after we get through a few news items. WWE Raw last night with Logan Paul heavily featured and advertised on the show, appearing in the main event, did $1.765 million. That's 2% in total, up and then up 4% in 18 to 49. So considering that I was up against the Home Run Derby, which... Does yep. tend to hurt raw. Like I was watching the home run derby, to be honest. It was actually pretty good. But uh WWE Raw held steady and actually was up a little bit with Logan Paul. What do you think about that? Um, I was I was impressed by the numbers, especially because of what you said, the home run derby. Um, I, I was expecting them to maybe take a dip or not see an increase. Uh I, I the show was horrible. I don't know if you got to catch up with it, but it was a yes, horrible show. Very long. No effort was put into it. A lot of video packages, a lot of talking segments. So uh, I feel bad because if they got any new viewers to tune in for Logan Paul, they might not come back. Because <laughs> yeah. that was a very low effort show. And as somebody in the chat is mentioning, they're talking about being unhappy with the SummerSlam card where you're not putting any effort in the shows building up to SummerSlam. So of course people are unhappy. Yeah, and let's talk about that. That's actually going to be our next story, is that WWE is reportedly not happy with SummerSlam plans. WrestleVotes, who is a very liable WWE insider, tweeted that they are not happy with their plans that they had come up with. What do you think about that, Issa? Oh, I'm muted. I'm muted. That's what I am. I am not surprised by this because... I, I, like I said, I don't feel like there's an effort being put into this. It, this is, I think there's only two fresh matches. Everything else is a rematch from either WrestleMania or Money in the Bank. And the two fresh matches are technically speaking celebrity matches, right? The Pat McAfee against uh, Baron Corbin and now Logan Paul against The Miz. Everything else seems to be a rematch. There's a lot of people in this roster that are not featured on SummerSlam that bothers me. Gunther should have a match, in my opinion, for the IC title. AJ Styles is in limbo right now. It, it's just, I don't know, it feels like it feels like it's wrestlemania backlash all over again yeah and it's felt like that for a while since wrestlemania i feel like they've been very slow to come out of this funk to where they're doing the same matches the same programs i think yeah. it's hurt the product overall that the world champion is just not on television and so you're not really thinking of a world championship and they haven't elevated any of the titles in its place to where it makes you excited about it and i just think that the entire build for this 
card has kind of collapsed in some ways to where not a lot of these matches feel like they're this big deal. They're going to try, especially with Bianca and Becky. I think they did a good job starting, but none of these matches were matches that you saw coming from a mile away and thought this is going to culminate at SummerSlam and I'll be very excited about it. Yeah, agreed. First of all, don't you put this on Roman, Alfred. Don't you put this on Roman. But I, I really enjoyed the match between um, Becky and Bianca's uh, WrestleMania. Really, really loved it. You know, I'm a big Becky fan, and I thought it was the right outcome. So when Bianca cut that promo yesterday, where she was like, this is my SummerSlam comeback story. I was like, no, sis, that was a WrestleMania. This is just a repeat of it. You know, I, I think they're going to I think they're gonna kill it in the ring, because the last time we saw them, I thought they put on an excellent match, but I'm not invested. I feels like It feels like Becky Lynch has been number one contender since she came back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and there's so many people featured on 24-7, you know, segments that are not on the card so it's yeah. it's a mess we'll see what happens after SummerSlam. i do know maybe things didn't go their way with injury maybe they had a bigger role for cody Rhodes and that didn't work out oh i do think that set and riddle are gonna kill it but we have seen that match before that's another rematch but i do think they're gonna put on a great match me too i have no question about the in-ring product i think it's gonna be a fun live show to watch but a big part of the reason that it is a SummerSlam is that you want those big stories and angles and they just don't feel like they're there and they don't have a lot of time to get there you know this is kind of like a wrestlemania card that they treat it like and so to be this slow at really building up yep. to the match is kind of concerning for SummerSlam. yeah it feels like the big four is just narrowed down to the big two now it feels royal rumble and wrestlemania after that all the pay-per-views don't feel like that much effort goes into them. Yeah, I do think they were trying to make this into a big show, but they have been hurt with injuries and they have just such a small amount of people that they really trust and want to go back to that you're just going to see the same thing over and over. Yeah. Robert Martinez for $1.99 says, we need to adopt wins and losses for fresh matchup. We. I mean, maybe. Oh, I, I think, what, is he like saying counting wins and losses or? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know because I, I, I'm very vocal about AEW and the ranking system, how they choose when it matters and when it doesn't matter. Like if you're going to do a ranking system, then you really need to stick to it. It feels like AEW is doing it. And I was very excited that they were going to count win and losses because I do think they should matter. But it feels like they only come into play when it's convenient for them, not on a weekly basis the way that it should be. Yes, and uh, finally, speaking of AEW, Kenny Omega looks like he is reportedly on track to come back at All Out, joining the Young Bucks as part of a trios division. Does this excite you more than the prospects of Young Bucks versus FTR, which is where it seemed it was going? Yeah, I miss Kenny Omega, uh, but I don't know that it'll excite me more because I, I, I think Kenny Omega is great as a singles. I don't want to see him in a trio storyline and win trio title. I think Kenny Omega could go right back to the top of the, the card where he was. So, yeah, I would like to see FDR and the Young Bucks, you know, run it one more time. But uh, as long as Kenny Omega's back, AEW is really suffering. A lot of their big hitters are out. Granted that they have the roster to where you don't feel that absence, which that makes me very happy for them. But it's time for one big name to make a comeback. So I'm excited to see Kenny Omega come back. Yeah, it should be good. And I would like this more if they did introduce a trios championship, because if you want to get it off to a hot start as an important title in this yeah. company with a sea of titles, then Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks kind of being a main event act with that title is going to really help it uh, mean something until they. Yeah, because there's a lot of potentially good they, trios. They've been together since day one, so it makes sense. 
Yeah, so that should be fun. We've got a friend of the show, Stephen Marcuccilli, who says four NXT women that can reach horseman level of success. Will Rock versus Roman Reigns involve a title? Okay, so four NXT horsewomen modern day. Who do you think that is, Isa? I have really, li- I really like Tiffany Stratton. I like Nikita Lyons. I like um, Ivy Nile. And I like Electra Lopez. Those are my four favorite contenders in NXT right now. So I'm going to say them if booked the right way, of course. And Rock versus Roman, it shouldn't involve a title. I don't know. I've been, I I love Roman. He's my favorite. Everybody knows that. But this unifying of the title has just gone downhill for everybody. And I just, if, if he can't be there, then I'd rather not have a title involved and make him a special, you know, when he shows up, he's special with or without a title. So it's The Rock. We don't need a title. No. Yeah. And I don't think it needs a title at all. I think it's just a match that obviously sells itself. I think you would complicate things by involving a title and people just look at The Rock's schedule and let's just have this be about the family, you know, that doesn't have to be for the title. And you're going to hold the title hostage as an albatross if they continue to do that. Now, when it comes to the four horsewomen, I would say in terms of the top four that I think that WWE could build around, I would say Stephanie Stratton, Nikki Lyons. Um, I like Roxanne Perez. I think that's just a wild card. And then it seems like they're really into Cora Jade. I feel like that they're really going to build around her. I don't know if I'd accept that, but I could see her going pretty far. And I actually liked her work as a heel, actually, tonight, as we'll get into briefly. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez for four ninety nine. I finally saw that Flair video of a fail. Which one? Because it's a wild. Flair's off these Twitter streets. Wow! Oh my God, <laughs> that was amazing and embarrassing at the same time. It's like De Niro and the Irishman trying to get that. Oh my goodness! Oh my God, that comparison is so on point. <laughs> I love it. it. Is Irishman, and hopefully he moves faster than the amount of time that it took to watch the Irishman because he's he, not no, looking. He's in not the gonna move fast. He's not gonna move faster than what it took to watch. The, I still haven't <laughs> finished the Iron the Irishman, honestly. But yeah, this is it's fascinating though, don't you think, Alfred? This whole Ric Flair's last match, the build up to it. I am gonna be there covering it live, so yes. you know I'll have I, all the tea from the the streets. Will report to Alfred that week is going to be me i'm the streets i love it 100 we can't review our sources Issa. she's just kidding but uh, but no thanks for those <laughs> tips i really appreciate it always and i've gotten roped in isa I, early on it was just one of these things that i tried to avoid and obviously i just kept abreast of it just so i know what was going on but I, I'm, I'm just fascinated i'm going to watch i'm going to cover it and hopefully everything goes well right now i've got an article on forbes about the betting odds that they're taking odds on who's going to bleed first which seems wild but the color of the robe, the color oh, no. of the robe, incredible. Listen, Ric Flair has an appearance booked in Puerto Rico on August 6th. Now, I'm pretty sure he'll get involved. It's not a match. He's going to be managing uh, Andrade. Andrade has a match here. So I need him to come out of this safe and sound because I would love to be able to interview him when he comes to Puerto Rico. So, 100%. I hope everybody gets out of this match safe and sound. I hope they know exactly what they're doing. And Who are you to tell me how to wrestle? <laughs> I mean, Ric Flair is bleeding like crazy in this thing. He's just like, it's like he's reading all this stuff about how dangerous this is. He's like, I'll show you dangerous. And he is, <laughs> Man with a pacemaker, by the way. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I listen. I'm going to light what, a couple of candles. <laughs> as a great man once said, as a great man once said, for the love of the game. Just remember that. 
The Tornado Anthony, why? Coming for Issa. Roman can go to the movies, won't be missed. You take it from here, Issa. I mean, he won't be missed by you, but he will be missed. Needle mover. Yes, I, I would miss Roman Reigns. And so would you, Anthony. The Tornado, even though Roman Reigns is no match for the Tornado, we still need Roman Reigns in our lives. It's the only the only star they managed to build in the last five, yeah. six years. You can't you can't have WWE without him right now. Because yeah. I know a lot of people are gonna root for Cody Rose. Cody Rose came built from elsewhere. Roman Reigns has been the only thing they have managed to build and do something with and somehow they sabotage it, right? Like you managed to put him up here, everybody's loving it, everybody's praising him, then you unify the title and make him disappear, and it's just like why? <laughs> Can WWE and AEW just share joint custody over who built Cody Rhodes? Because I've heard both ways where both can take credit. Part of him being a star in the Indies was him coming from WWE and having that kind of Rhodes legacy and being able to use those connections. But also he was built as a TV star in AEW. But I do think it was a combination of both. One doesn't happen without the other. Listen, Alfred, don't get me started on this topic because I've been wanting to do a debate on it on my channel. So if you want to come and you can take the AEW side and I'll take the WWE side because I do agree with you. I do uh, agree, I think. But I personally think he came built from AEW, but I didn't enjoy him in AEW at all. And in WWE, I am loving everything that he's doing. So it's, it's a weird debate that people can probably have for a while. Yeah, it's kind of like chicken or the egg because they're using the AEW version of Cody Rhodes in WWE, essentially. But part of him getting over, that origin story does not get told without what he did in WWE. And he had some fire angles in WWE. I covered one of them in Battleground 2013 on Pro Wrestling Bits under the shorts. I I do like I did like Stardust too, by the way. I know I know Cody Rhodes don't want to talk about him. We don't know Stardust anymore, but I like Stardust. Yeah, yeah, Stardust, it, you know, it was very avant-garde. Let's just put it that way. It was, I know. Didn't always hit, but uh, sometimes <laughs> it was very funny. But it let's was. get into uh, NXT tonight. We had all kinds of fun angles going on throughout the show. Yep. But we opened with a wrestling match between Cameron Grimes and J.D. McDonough. So the announcers are really putting over that Cameron Grimes is lost, you say. He's in a slump. He hasn't won very many matches recently. Joe Gacy's looking on from the shadows like a vulture, and Cameron Grimes gets his foot caught in the ropes. This is actually a very good match. Toward the end, they're getting a this-is-awesome chance, but after getting his foot caught, J.D. McDonough hits his finisher, which is like a ripcord belly-to-back, and he wins the match. And following the match, uh, later on in the show, Grimes goes full Christian Bale and just has a complete meltdown on the interviewer. does not want to talk about his losing streak, Issa. Uh, the match itself was incredible. I absolutely hate JD's haircut. I think we need to do something about it. It's questionable. Like, he's probably not allowed in the barber shop, but I don't know. Camilo Hayes should, like, just cut him a break and let him in there once and fix it. The match was great. I am getting to be late. I'm tired of Cameron Grimes whining. You lost. You're not losing streaks. Suck it up. Put your big boy panties on and fucking fight. Like, crying about it backstage is not going to change the fact. Like, I don't understand. And, and is he rich anymore? It, it, maybe he's having a breakdown because he's no longer rich and he's just not addressing it. I feel like something else is going on in this man's life. He's whining like a little bitch every week. It's, it's getting tiring. He can't no-sell his bank account after his entire persona was built around it. It can't just go away. Where'd that money go, Cameron? Yeah, like, shouldn't you be happy because you have all this money? 
Well, if he is doing the cryptocurrency gimmick, which this is a story they need to tell. Cryptocurrency just took a complete bat. He probably yep. legit would be broke, but there's a story to be told as to him being broke, but they're just completely ignoring this. It's it's two characters that were promising that WWE completely ditch. I want no part of Cameron Grimes and Joe Gacy uh, together in any capacity. Who cares? But the millionaire Cameron Grimes with cryptocurrency against the super woke Joe Gacy I mean, he could have said cryptocurrency is bad for the environment. This is capitalism. Now you got all kinds of things you could have done in terms of telling right. stories. Now I don't care. Yeah, same. I, I don't care either. And I just don't find this Cameron Grimes compelling or underdog story. No, you lost. You keep losing clean. Great matches. I mean, he's putting on some really good matches, but you're losing clean. So just get over it and get to the back of the line. And, you know, you know how it goes. Uh, does Cameron Grimes shave his face if he joins Joe Gacy? <laughs> yes absolutely i think so too we'll get into why later but before then we saw the friend of the show cora jade walks out to the arena she's a heel now she cuts a promo about how she used to be the darling of nxt essentially and then of course roxanne perez stole it um she said that the title represents a lie she's getting slight stfu chance and she then throws the NXT Women's Tag Team title into the trash can. So I thought that this angle accomplished what it needed to. But for such a big angle that they ran last week, Issa, I don't know if you agree, but I didn't feel like this got very much heat. No, because it's very hard to buy Cora Jade as a heel. I, I know you said you liked her work, but I didn't. I didn't like the promo. I, I didn't like the, the, the tossing of the title in the trash is probably just a deeper issue with me just because of what they're doing with the main roster stacking titles. And now you do this in NXT and it's just like you, you're literally throwing in our faces that these uh, women's tag team championships mean absolutely nothing to WWE in NXT or WWE. And if you were going to go in this route, then why put the belts on them? Then keep them on toxic attraction. And, you know, like that could have been what caused some kind of heat between them. I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't like the throwing of the title in the trash. But again, it's because of what we know is going on with the other tag team titles. They're probably in a trash can somewhere, too. Uh, I, I I have a hard time. <laughs> no, they're in a trash a, bag, Isa. Oh, ooh, I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> I, I have a hard time buying her as a heel. Uh, I... I don't know. She feels very mean girl from high school. You know what I mean? I, I need her to put a little more. I don't know. I, I Her reasoning made no sense. Also, she won the tag team titles and we were Mona. I wanted to make these titles feel like the most important thing in the world. So I'm going to go ahead and trash them. Like, first of all, that doesn't make any sense. Second of all, if Roxy knows how they book the tag team titles, yeah, I will go for the main title too because she knows she didn't get shit by winning that title. So she won the tournament. She earned her right to cash in. So this is something that Cora should have not been all up in her feelings about it. But I, I don't know. I have a hard time buying her as a heel. Uh, but she tried. She tried and people, she was getting a little bit of heat. But like you said, for such a big angle, she didn't get it. You know what got heat out of this was the skateboard breaking before she hit Roxanne with yeah. it. That's what got the real heat in this. <laughs> yeah, she needed that uh, skateboard. I didn't think that she was all that bad. I'm not going to say this is perfect, but compared to how she was as a baby face, I just felt like she was much more comfortable in this role. Uh, I, I didn't feel like the fans were into it because they didn't give them a chance to get invested in the storyline. I wouldn't 
blame Cora entirely. I would just say that they sped this thing up. They didn't give these women enough time together to create any type of natural bond that people can care about. They split immediately after they won these tag team titles. And so now it's like you expect these people to care about the reasoning and all that goes into it. You're just kind of force feeding anything. And yeah. It, just looks like WWE just following the main roster cues. I think this signals that they've given up on those main roster tag team titles because if they don't have tag team titles for the women on the main roster, what's the use of having them in NXT? And uh, she just and if that's the end of this era, what a failed era in terms of tag team wrestling in WWE among women across the entire board. I mean, they've done a good job with it, a lot of these women's titles. These tag team yeah. titles were horribly booked. Yeah, but it's sad because we're also in an era where you have so many talented women in all of your rosters to where these tag team titles could be something. I was a fan of creating a mid-card title for the women more than a tag team, you know, belts both times where they made them in NXT and the main mm -hmm. roster. I thought a mid-card title would make more sense. Um, and obviously, you know, AEW made it work with the TBS championship. But regardless, you have so many women that are not doing anything right now that you would think this is the time that these tag team championships will really mean a lot. I will say, though, they never needed to create the NXT ones. They should have kept them to where they were traveling between brands, just one set of tag team champions. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Yeah, that could have absolutely worked. But if they were committed to the NXT tag team titles as much as they were committed to the WWE tag team titles, it wouldn't really make a difference because either way, it just seemed like they were never a priority. And no. so they're just going to be throwing them in the trash can. Listen, we cannot confirm 100% that they're done. But in wrestling lore, you throw a title in a trash can, that thing is done. Unless they're doing some comedy angle with a windy chew fetches it out of the trash can or something. But this, these things look like they're done. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Also confirmed, uh, this did get a little bit of heat, but again, they really didn't react to this. Uh, she just kind of threw away, announced, yeah, that's right. I was the one who attacked uh, Roxanne Perez. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> how? How did she not see? We needed to see some kind of angle. Like, they didn't even show a video how she pulled it off without Roxanne knowing who she was. Like, yeah. I need more than that. Like, her just saying, yeah, I did it. It's just like, okay, how? You're her best friend. Were you wearing a mask? How did it happen? How did she not know it was you? So, yeah, that bothered me. <laughs> They're just sprinting through this feud. It's, yeah. We're going to get... I like the idea of a secondary women's championship. They should really have that because that's really what a two-title system is on the main roster. So they should have a second championship. I love that. Yeah, I agree. I would love to see that. So it looks like we're getting Zion Quinn versus Apollo Crews next week. And then we get, listen, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but we get to what I felt was the star of the show. Never thought I'd hear myself say this. Roderick Strong, ladies and gentlemen, was the star, was the best part of this show. He's facing off against Damon Kemp. And early in their match, Tony D, the GOAT, comes on screen. And they're just beating the crap out of the four on two, assaulting the Creed brothers. And Tony D lets him know. And he says, the only diamond that's forever is Tony D. So Tony D letting everybody know. Damon Kemp goes to try to help the Creed brothers. But Roderick Strong stops him, hits his finisher, the knee to the face. And he pins Damon Kemp and celebrates like he's just won the Super Bowl. I was dying at this angle. And this is just a beating, but what did you think about the match uh, and this first part with Tony D versus Roderick Strong, the Diamond Mike? 
<laughs> I thought it was so funny. I'm with you. I was like, what is happening? And even later backstage, we'll get into it. Roderick Strong was hilariously annoying tonight, right? Yes. Um, I thought the match was okay. I still don't understand. Are they a family? Are, I guess they are because they fight a lot. And real families keep it real like that. You know, like, but I'm so yeah. confused about what's going on with Diamond Mind. They seem like so all over the place. I don't even know if they're... I missed NXT last week. And I feel like I was like completely out of it. I'm like, wait, why are they fighting? Are they together? I love seeing Tony D come out. Tony D is not scared of nobody. So yeah, this this was confusing. But Roderick Strong, he just wants to get some wins. He don't care what it takes. He don't care what's gonna happen. He just wants to win every match. Good for him. Yeah, and you should you should be confused, really, Issa, because you're in the dark like me in terms of what happened with the Diamond Mine. It just seems like they've been put back to life. Like they were yeah. completely a non-entity. I didn't think they were doing much with this split. They were just really teasing it, and Roderick Strong was just moping around. But Roderick Strong has kind of figured out a character to this, to this manipulative, spoiled brat character of a coach where he's taking advantage of them now. If they could stretch this out, then I'm going to care about the Diamond Mine all over again. Yeah, yeah. When they did the when they did the backstage segment later on, I was like, yeah. "Why am I enjoying this right now?" <laughs> oh, let's get we're getting right into this. We're the dedicated next couple of minutes to this uh, segment because a lot happened with the Diamond Mine and uh, uh, the Tony D's family to where Roger Sean goes to the back. We're only getting started with Roderick. so he's yelling at the Creed brothers for getting beat up. He's gaslighting them, gaslighting Roger Sean. is saying, "You guys shouldn't get beat up by four guys. It's two on four. I don't care." And then he, uh, so they're yelling. Damon Kemp shows up and he's late because he was knocked out. And Roger turns to him and he goes, What you took you so long? What took you so long? And he starts going full Tiffany Stratton. He goes, Everybody needs to listen to me. This guy was like 90s heel Chris Jericho. I don't know where this came from. We, I give him a hard time on this podcast. You know, we talk all the Mr. Charisma and yeah. never had a history of being a great talker, but just one of those great workers. But I never thought there was much more of a dimension to him. But this Roderick Strong, if not yes. for one night, was an amazing tonight, I thought. I love this segment. This was my favorite thing out of everything that Roderick Strong did tonight. And like you said, there was that's what I was telling you. I was excited to talk about it because I enjoyed it. I love the way he yelled at him. So like, took you so long. I die laughing. <laughs> Literally laughed out loud. Like, bro, you just beat him up. <laughs> you know, he was like, we're a family, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it just really, it, I enjoyed it. I, I know that he's gaslighting them and he's manipulating them and, and whatever, whatever methods work to keep his diamond my family together he's gonna execute these methods but this is the best Roderick Strong that we've seen in weeks yeah and the, what took you so long is so funny because <laughs> not only was it because he beat him but he stopped him he literally <laughs> obstructed him from helping the guys and then manipulated it to make it look like no 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 I was here for you guys he's gaslighting Roderick Strong is the best version oh my god I'm here for it I love it <laughs> Allison Tuckwap for $1.99. I thought W was going to drop PG. Well, that's imminent. Who knows when it's going to happen, but it looks yeah. like this is going to... Don't expect too many changes. We're going to get a couple of more cuss words. I don't see anything. Yeah, yeah I mean, NXT is TV 14, and I mean, it's horny sometimes, but not a lot have changed from it. Yeah, and before we move on from this, there was one more segment from uh, Roger Strong and the Diamond Mine. <laughs> I thought this was amazing. It, this seemed like a promo they just all did in one take because it wasn't necessarily perfect, but they all yeah. just like went crazy. Like uh, the Creed Brothers saying it's on site, uh, Roger Strong <laughs> saying that Diamond Mine's the best family. You guys aren't even a real family, and they accept the the challenge. They throw out a challenge, Tony D accepts. It looks like we're getting Roger Strong and the Diamond Mine against Tony D, and I'm here for it, Issa. 
Me too. Even the Creep Brothers were so entertaining in this backstage interview where he was like, put the camera on me. I'm not finished. I was like, where did these guys come from? Like, Diamond Mine hasn't felt interesting in a long, long time. And somehow they did something tonight that managed to bring some life back to this gimmick. So hopefully we continue with this because I really, really enjoyed Roderick Strong and this. this <laughs> I, I feel bad because they're taking on Tony D and you know that's a mistake, you know, yeah. but but good for them for for being an entertaining part of NXT tonight. I really enjoyed it. It's part them. It's part Tony D because anybody he works with has to be elevated to work with the goat. So a rising yeah. boat, you know, lift all tides. Yeah, but I mean, do you want to see gaslighting rather strong end up with the fish? I don't. I do. I need him to not gaslight so much to where it gets him caught up in these streets. But uh, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. I have a bad feeling. I have a bad feeling. I'm very nervous for him, but I think this should be Tony D'Angelo's gimmick is where he just goes around colonizing everybody's families to where <laughs> now you got to work for him and he creates like yeah, a little Mongolia, you know? Oh, I like that. Everybody that he beats has to become a D'Angelo. And then guess what? They all join together and they challenge the bloodline for ultimate supremacy. Okay. Okay. That's enough. Enough. You got carried away there, Alfred. What do you think? Who, who wins in a family war? The, the I don't, bloodline? I'm not going to get into this. Okay. Well. I'm going to get into this. It's an interesting conversation. Uh, okay, so we move on from the uh, Roderick Strong. Again, they did such a great job, these guys. Wait, but has Tony D faced Solo Sokoa? I think he has. I think they had a match, I think it was months ago. I was going to say, sure. that's how you get to the bloodline. You know, he's like, if I beat you, you got to become part of my family. And then he shows up with his family. Just yeah, saying. yeah. See, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a great way to introduce the bloodline versus Tony D. Yep. <laughs> Pretty Deadly versus Briggs and Jensen. Uh, they have a nice little match. <laughs> Pretty Deadly dresses cows. These guys are great. They stole my Nashville, my SummerSlam fit. That's exactly what I was going to wear to SummerSlam. Alfred, I'm going to have to find a whole new outfit. Hype beast. They're, they're swagger jackers is what they are, Isa. Oh, I'm so mad at them, but they looked incredible. But uh, they, uh, the match comes to a screeching halt where Elton Prince bumps Fallon Henley, so they go to break. And then she shows up and plays tug of war with Kit Wilson with the titles. That leads to the finish from Brooks and Jensen. And Brooks and Jensen retain the NXT UK titles. Erroneous. Erroneous. I was rooting for Pretty Deadly Heel here. I, I, I don't understand why these guys are the UK champions. I think Pretty Deadly makes more sense as the UK champions. But obviously, you know, I'm a big Pretty Deadly fan. Fan, so I, I thought the match was great. <laughs> I love the fits. I love the outfits. I want. I need to see more, pretty deadly on NXT. Like uh, more feature, more than that. We need like three backstage segments with them, like we did with Roderick Strong. Yeah, I mean that'd be a lot of fun, and I, I like that they're bringing these titles and these NXT UK guys. But I mean, there's always all these changes in WWE, and if I'm in NXT UK and I'm seeing all these wrestlers and titles going over to NXT. I would just be a little nervous. I just, I know nothing, but the way WWE springs these things on them. I... Yeah, but I'm critical of AEW when they do it. I'm going to do it here. It's like when AEW brings up someone and they get a title shot because they've been doing very good on Dark. You don't know who they are because nobody's watching those shows, right? Yeah. So not everybody's watching NXT UK. I personally barely even know when it airs. So when you bring people from NXT UK, like, I mean, they, they did a, decent job with a few of them with video packages or this and that but it's hard to become invested even though they are a big deal like maybe interview them backstage and showcase some of the matches that they've had you know what i mean like do something to make us go oh this person is a big deal 
And you mentioned being hard to invest in. That brings us to Joe Gacy. Oh, God. Who does a big unmasking reveal. They are the Grizzly Young Vets. I oh, missed yeah. I oh, you did? That. Oh, wait until you hear this. Girl! <laughs> okay, I'll spill that tea. They okay. did big unmasking. It was backstage, which is kind of weird. But now, seeing how they did it, I see why they did it backstage. But this also could have been a lot of fun live. So they have them in the hoods, and he's rechristened them. They unmask. It is the Grizzle Young Vets. At no point do they mention those names. Uh, they show them with oh. their beards, and then they fast forward, and they both of their faces are clean-shaven. Uh, the one with long hair has no. long hair still, but he's clean. The bald guy looks like a completely different human being, and they've got contacts in there, and uh, they just—they both kind of actually look like uh, who's the old guy, uh, B- Parker Bordreau, whoever his character was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the bald guy kind of looks like a skinny version of him, uh, but they do the purification, and their new names: Jagger Reed and Rip Fowler. So that's your new druids. What? What are the names? Jagger Reed and Rip. Fowler. First of all, now your question about Cameron Grimes shaving his face earlier yeah. in the night makes a lot more sense because what when you ask me that, I'm like, yeah, okay, he shaves his face. I don't know, you know? <laughs> it all comes together. I don't even know how I missed that segment. It must be because the All-Star game is also on. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I kind of suspect that it was the Grizzly Young Vets. I think a lot of people suspected that because they've been missing in action. Changing the names... It's, it's weird. Uh, I mean, we'll see where it goes, but putting them with Joe Gacy is almost like a kiss of death because I don't even think that a lot of people are invested into whatever Joe Gacy is doing. Yeah, the only positive coming out of this is at least the grizzled young vets can wrestle their actual wrestling style without being draped in those. I clothes. like the Druids outfits. <laughs> I didn't like and the Druids you- matches. If you get rid of, like, if you happen to, like, these people leave the company, you can just replace them and nobody needs to know. Yeah, that's the thing that they're giving up. There's a lot of cost savings that can go on with these druids. Yeah. (laughs) Schism, of course, is the group that they keep calling them. And yes, his name is Harlan, was uh, the dearly departed. But he's in AEW now. Apparently, they're very excited about it. They're fired up about Harlan over in Jacksonville, Isa. Wow. That's good. Good for him. Let's see if uh, that can translate. We have a backstage promo uh, from Musley. He's just talking about how he wants to fight Grayson Waller. And it ends with a high five. So we know he's a baby face. Yep. And then we <laughs> get into uh, the friend of the show, Braun Breaker. Issa's favorite wrestler. He wants to fight J.D. McDonough, Issa. And then we cut to J.D. McDonough backstage. Man, he's drawing on this mannequin's shoulder with a Sharpie. I think this mannequin had more charisma than J.D. Because <laughs> he is just like, he's like sleepwalking through this t- promo. I don't know if they told him to deliver the lines like this, but he's got this really slow, creepy delivery. Yeah. He's talking about yeah. wrestling. And, uh, you know, Braun Breaker had this line about, if you can't find your balls, take one of them to the mannequin. I know. And, like, the joke landed, and he looked like he was so surprised. He's just, he was, like, celebrating. He was like, yeah, I did that. I did that. <laughs> Wait, can you please make the sound effect again? <laughs> I'm going to clip you. I'm going to use you as a sound clip for my streams. That's, that was perfect. I got to tell you something. Two things that Bro Breaker said hit with me tonight. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of his promo, but that balls joke was incredible. And then he said, if you're going to rip my shoulder off, do it. And then I'm going to take it from you and beat you with it. And I'm yeah. like, oh. <laughs> this uh, JD's uh, 
promo felt very plastic surgeon office. That's all I could think about when he was drawing on the mannequin. All I could think about is somebody visiting the plastic surgeon and getting drawn on, like all the shit that's wrong with you. Um, I enjoy Brown Breaker here. And that is a first, especially wow. promo wise. I think he's great on, on the, you know, in the ring. I think he's very talented, but I have never been able to get invested in him. But maybe it's the fact that JD was just so dead at delivering this promo so like lackluster that it just makes like the intensity of Brown Breaker was like on a hundred compared to what JD was doing on the other side. So I, I personally really, really enjoyed this promo from Brown Breaker. And I love when the when the joke hit and he got even more intense because he really made him feel like he's gonna yeah. kick this kid's ass. <laughs> No, I thought Bud Breaker was great. I liked his fire. I just, I do like his style. Once he kind of figures it out on the mic, he's going to be really good at cutting that yeah. pro wrestling type promo. And I just think he carried this segment, which to your point, I think that is because by comparison, he just seems so much more lively. And I, I really do think this is part of the JD character in terms of- Yeah, because he's of, trying to seem like super collective and like yes. even somebody just said it on the on the chat, like horror movie villain, yeah. you know, kind of like Jigsaw, I want to play a game kind of thing. Like I get that, especially I'm a big horror movie geek, but it was just the difference in between the intensity between the two of them that for me really made Brown Breaker stand out and he needed that. He needed that. Maybe that's why they're- doing this you know it was a it was a very easy i'm gonna kick your ass promo and that's exactly what you should be doing with brown breaker because he looks the part so just have him come out there and say he's gonna kick somebody's ass and make it short and simple and he did that tonight yeah and uh so hopefully they figure something out with this jd mcdonough character because <laughs> a haircut this, would be know, great a haircut yeah. would be a great start <laughs> I, I like your idea of him going to the barbershop i think they'd line him up i think he'd get a <laughs> nice fade. i also need somebody to put the uh the mannequin on an all elite graphic <laughs> uh, you better you better jump on that meme after this podcast <laughs> i'm sure somebody watching will do it and tweet it at us <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing we get von <laughs> wagner takes it to the street he said von wagner goes on the streets and destroys solo sokoa he's the new king of the streets listen i'm here for von wagner and solo sokoa just constantly fighting not doing anything else but constantly fighting each other everywhere they go why were they a smackdown that that threw me off because they were like oh this happened last friday and i'm like friday what does friday have to do with you know nxt it's interesting though to plant the seed of solo sokoa being a smackdown you know that's what i picked up yeah. on here and then brown breaker was the least subtle attack i ever seen because he's so big he just comes out running right, like ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i like the physicality that these two are showing and i'm pretty sure they're gonna put them on some kind of no dq street fight whatever it is it's gonna be it's gonna be intense about wagner when he's beating people off or yeeting people off the ring or whatever i don't hate him is every time he talks <laughs> yeah and you know what you actually kind of Gave me a bit of an idea in terms of them fighting. Because I, too, like when they are always fighting. That would be a yeah. good way to call them up in terms of you just – that's the gimmick is they don't really have any matches or anything like that. But they're just brawling through NXT. One night they just brawl through the crowd on a SmackDown. They do it on Raw. And they just keep this going where that's just all they're doing. And they eventually just become famous for being these two guys who are always fighting each other. <laughs> Listen, I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, like on the bump, you could have them brawl under the bump. Like I mean, the guys... like Peter Griffin in the chicken, remember? Like something like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly like that. Then you yeah. AEW. <laughs> <laughs> Ring of Honor this weekend. Let's no. go. Ric Flair's last match. 
I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. I mean, this is the gimmick right here. They just fight everywhere. This is it. This is it. <laughs> oh, my God. That is amazing. So we get, uh, okay, so we're pretty deadly. We got past that. And Braun Breaker, we just did. Okay, Axiom, they had a showcase match for him against Dante Chen. He's a striker. Like striking. Great. A lot of high-flying strikes. That's Most great. Strikes. What does that have to do with the math? Isn't he like a math something? I don't know. They yeah, were talking but- about how he's going to use his, like, smarts to win the match, but he was just striking this dude. So I was like, you don't need to be smart when you can strike like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't tie. They didn't tie. Now that I think about it, they didn't tie those together really at all. No, not at all. Well, don't get me started on the freaking QR codes and who, what the oh. QR codes were, oh, because that well, also had nothing to do with each other. But oh, we'll get to that. yeah, I f- I felt like they were talking about how his gimmick is that he's gonna outsmart people in the ring because he's not the biggest, and then you haven't debuted against somebody that he was actually bigger than. So the, it it didn't make a lot of sense, but it was a nice showcase. Uh, I'm always a fan of a masked wrestler, so we'll see what happens. Yes, and we so we go from that to Vici has this selfie segment, and Chase U comes off the bus. It looks like they actually were in the United Kingdom last week. So that sounds like a lot of fun for them. Yeah, good for them. I want to I want to do something with Chase U. I don't know what I'm going to teach a class or something there. And also shout out to Flix Bus, which got some free promo on this. Uh, I know. I was I'm like, I thought, I thought it was like a mistake. I thought that the bus maybe was like going by when they were filming the, what's yeah. his name? Brody? Giovanni. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Vinci. I was oh, like, why is, yeah, why is this boss in the background when the boss showed up in the Vinci, you know, segment? And no, no, it was Chase U. Yeah. So <laughs> looks like they're doing something with Vince, it's Vinci and Chase U. And yeah. uh, we get into the barbershop segment. I, listen, that was, wait, that wait, before kinda... you get to the barbershop, what do you think of him not taking the selfie with the girl? That was funny. I, I thought that was I funny. I know. <laughs> It was very Which he was like, can I get a photo? And he's like, sure. He just <laughs> takes a picture of himself. That was hilarious. <laughs> and then it was, yeah, it was really funny. And then like she goes, no, 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 with you. And he's like, no, 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 you. <laughs> and when the chase you girl tried to touch the car, he was like, no fingerprints. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm liking this character. He did a very good job. He was very funny uh, yeah. tonight. Yeah. There was the barbershop segment was uh, there were yes. shots and I really did like uh, both of their interplay and delivery. This really should be regular. I think this is a really good way of they feel very comfortable in that setting and it feels very natural. It doesn't feel like anything it else in the show. Force. Yes, it does feel like just two guys hyping each other up, you know, just like all yeah. these guys that get around each other and they're just hyping each other up. And it was a really good way to just kind of set up a lot of feuds. You took shots at a lot of different wrestlers, from Wagner to Vinci to Apollo Crews and Wesley. I thought this was good. I thought everybody did a great job. I love the barbershop segment. They've been growing on me, and I feel like every week they keep getting better and better. Like you say, they just feel so natural. It almost feels like somebody's just creep recording them, and that's actually really them, like not recording a segment, just how they hang out. Trek Williams is really growing on me, maybe even more than Carmelo Hayes. I'm, I'm worried for Carmelo Hayes, you know, status in my standings right now because I'm really, really liking Trek Williams. Oh, I've, I've, he's a day one for me. I, I think he's going to go further on the main roster. I hope yep. Carmelo Hayes is able to overcome all the height kind of prejudices that they have. But I think he can. And I especially think that as long as they stay together and they see the value in them as a team, it'll really help Carmelo too. But I, I think I think both guys have potential in WWE. No, I agree. I agree. I'm just like, I just remember 
where I really, really enjoyed Carmelo's work and Trek was just like an added bonus where now I look forward to what Trek has to do, what fuel he's on as much as I do Carmelo's. And it's just like good for him for, you know, like not being a second pairing to Carmelo Hayes, but just feel like a just as big of a star as Carmelo Hayes. You know, like we, I heard a lot of conversations this last week in regards to like the Street Profits, for example, and what's going to happen mm-hmm. with Anthony Hawkins if, if they break them up, where it's just like, I want a team that feels like the New Day, that you don't have to break them up in order for them to become big stars on their own. And I feel like these two guys could really do that. A hundred percent. And you could tell Shawn Michaels clearly loves the guy. There's, you know, the, taking the posing the pictures and stuff like that. Shawn Michaels books the territory and he's pretty much modeling this tandem as Shawn Michaels and Diesel, where it's because two guys who are both it. big stars. Yes, exactly. They're the coolest they thing on the show. It. Yeah, you could be watching NXT completely space out. You could miss the unmasking of the Druids, but if Trek Williams and Carmelo Hayes come on, you're going to stop and you're going to look at what they're doing. And that's a hard thing to, to have. Yeah, and th- th- just like Shawn Michaels and Diesel, and I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan. He's my favorite of all time. They felt like the coolest thing on the show. Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes have that quality where it's cool to somebody just watching wrestling who doesn't really watch wrestling. That would make wrestling look cooler, I think. Shawn Michaels is your favorite of all time? Number one with a gun and a clip of all time. Wow. Who's your second favorite? That's tough. You can put The Rock there. Randy Savage, maybe. But uh, I would say The Rock. The Rock is the okay. top two. And then we get a little dicey, you know? But what, who's your right. favorite of all time? It's Roman Reigns. Number one, okay. That makes sense. Of all time. Of all time. Come for me. I don't care. At me. At me. It's going to get ignored. All of all time. He's the go. Of he's in time. my top 15. You know, I'm not, you know, he's somewhere in there. I, I feel like Roman has grown on people's lists, but being a newer wrestler, it depends. It depends on when you got into it. You know, I always tell people yeah. I grew up watching Lucha Libre from Puerto Rico. I didn't, I wasn't watching WWF when you guys were falling in love with like, you know, Shawn Michaels and all of those guys. I'm falling in love <laughs> with Carlitos Colon, Invader number three. So hey. I got into WWE later, later on when I was taking my nephews to shows. Therefore, that's why a lot of my answers are newer wrestlers. But it also goes to show you where people say, oh, you know, the newer people are not getting fencing or this or that. I think they are because not only me, I have met a lot of people that have gotten into it after like 2013, 2014. And that is around the time that I got into it. And listen, Roman Reigns, I've been a day one. But I will say it hurt. The first few years it hurt being a Roman Reigns fan. I was happy, you know, recently because he was there. All the fans were behind him. But now we're, we're getting sabotaged again. Yeah, and I've always loved Roman Reigns, even when he was that baby face that everybody yeah. rejected, quote unquote, because it led to a lot of really heated reactions and matches. I know. And I, you know, some of these matches, particularly WrestleMania 31, I just felt were made better because oh God, of the legitimate that's... animosity toward him. That's one of my favorite Roman Reigns matches ever. And I actually feel for Roman and Brock because I don't think they ever been able to outlive that particular match. And that's even before the cash-in. Like, they were just, it was such a good hard-hitting match. Even before Seth Rollins came out, I don't think they ever, I, I maybe the New Orleans one, but the problem is that the crowd was shitting on that match so oh, much man. that you don't realize. They were going at it. Like, that match was tough. And, and it's like, if you watch it on mute, you might enjoy it more because the sound of the the crowd would ruin that match for you. Yeah, it actually was because I remember thinking the same thing when I went back and watched it. Like, this really isn't that bad of a match. But it's, like, a, it's a goodness. great match. It's a Are great these match. People? 
Yeah, these people are just dedicated to just, they completely ruined it. It was. They did. I, 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 I was, and I think we talked about this in the podcast before when people were like, don't you want to see before Brock came back and everything? Yeah. Don't you want to see Brock and Roman again? And I was like, no, the fans don't deserve it. I didn't think they deserved it because they just crapped all over that match that I didn't think it was that bad. I think what cursed that match was honestly putting it in the main event spot. I think you would have put that match anywhere else in the car. Maybe would have not had that kind of reaction. Mm. But, but regardless, I, I, really think that match was great and people criticize it because so many finishers got kicked out of but it's just like okay let's watch dynamite one week and count how many finishers get kicked out on like it's wrestlemania that is the spot where finishers should be kicked out on and people should leave it all out there you know so listen we're going off topic here but yes my favorite is roman reigns your favorite is Shawn michaels that's that's the both yeah not, not, <laughs> not a bad tandem of wrestlers <laughs> uh, we get to the battle royal in the main event for NXT. It's a women's battle royal. Backstage, we get this promo with the toxic attraction and a couple of the women. And they had building, they've been building this up throughout the night by having a lot of these promos <laughs> the from women. Yeah, yeah I like I enjoyed them. I enjoyed yeah. it. I really enjoyed Tiffany Stratton's the most. Yes, hers is really good. I, I thought she's that was growing on me. She's growing on me. She's up there for me now. Yeah, she's she's getting she's getting really good. Uh, and I really like the, okay, so they did this, and you had referenced this earlier, Issa, that they had the scan code that you're supposed to scan. This week it was kick pads walking, and they did pay this off because the magical person that we've been seeing the scan code was all these weeks, Zoe Stark. Okay? Now, if you follow Wordle and saw what they did, I believe it was last week, they yep. teased that whoever this person was the letters O and the letter C was in it, and it ended with the letter C. Zoe Stark, the word Stark doesn't have the letter O in it. The word Zoe doesn't have the letter A. Stark is a five-letter word. That's What's what I'm saying. As soon as she comes out and Wayfair was like, we've been seeing these QR codes, and I was like, Zoe Starks is not the answer to the worldly puzzle. It's not. <laughs> they wasted our time. I, I, I think... There are people who are spending hours of investigative work trying to figure it out based on the clues that WWE had given them only for it to be Zoe Stark. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I am not a fan of WWE. I mean, good for her because she made a comeback and, and she ended up winning big. But I'm not a fan of matches being won by people that were not announced to me. And I'm like, you just did it up money in the bank. And it's just like there was a lot of contenders in this match that deserve that spot i guess i don't know I, we'll get we'll get into it but i mean yeah it's so historic it made no sense the qr codes made no sense it almost felt like the battery charging that they did for who wasn't tiga Knox. remember yes, tiga Knox. yeah that that had nothing to do with how she returned and then she went to the main roster the week after like it's so weird the way they do these things yeah, and I didn't like this payoff. I really was a fan of how they built it up. I thought it was very inventive, and I'm glad that we all went through it together. But to pay it off with – you didn't have to do that last week. It was really as simple as just doing a legitimate clue. He wasn't that deep. <laughs> Calvin R. Alexander for $5. Tiffany Stratton was a stand-up performer in the Battle Royal. Yes, her story was – they did a great job picking her spots where she was going to eliminate somebody because that's what she would do is she would just eliminate one big favorite after another in a cheap way, and I thought she played it off well. Didn't have a great ending to the match, but I thought she was one of the best parts of this match. Yes, can you excuse me for a second? I'll correct the chat. I said I became a WWE fan. In 2013, 2014, I've been following wrestling for a long time. I was a fan of wrestlers 
90% of you probably don't know because you guys don't watch the Puerto Rico wrestling team. So I just want to make sure people understand that I've been watching wrestling for a long, long time. It's just when I got into WWE. Yeah, let them know, Issa. Don't let them go around. Hey, it pisses me off. People calling me a newbie when I'm over here watching Carlitos Colon versus Abdullah the Butcher. You guys don't know about that shit. Come on. It's a day one. What you know about that? Uh, Puerto Rican wrestling. <laughs> World no, Wrestling no, Council, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Capital Sports Promotion. Actually, I was just covering the event and the event where Ric Flair is coming to is the 49th anniversary of World Wrestling Council. So they're celebrating that. 49 years of it in August and Flair will be here for it. How many of you people calling her out in the chat knew that, huh? You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Just learn something. Look at her teaching they everybody. Don't. They don't. They don't it's know about battle royal. you know? <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about the Battle Royal. I absolutely <laughs> love Tiffany Stratton here. I... So she was the standout performer. I liked, uh, I was disappointed at Nikita Lyons' performance here. Yeah, she made it pretty far, but I didn't feel like she stood out in the match. Did you? No, not at all. I thought that it wasn't until she really got eliminated that she really, oh, no, Nikita Lyons is gone. And then, of course, they did this whole final four to where they kind of coaxed the fans into giving them a ovation and chanting NXT. And the final four was Stratton, Nikita Lyons, uh, James and Stark. Yeah, yeah. Um, a a lot of the eliminations felt very uneventful. Like I, I was watching this. I was invested, but I, I couldn't tell you how Ivy Nile got eliminated. And that's somebody that I have my eye on. Like a lot of it felt. I don't know. Like they missed it. I don't know. I missed. It. it just didn't feel like it was a big deal until it came down to those final four. It was a great final four. I, I, I was not expecting so Stark to win. If I'm being honest with you, I thought it was going to be Nikita. I thought it was going to be Tiffany. Um, but I have a feeling one of them will probably take the belt off of Mandy when they finally get to the spot. Uh, I thought the Cora Jade elimination was the funniest freaking thing I've seen yes. in a long time. <laughs> Yes, they came down to <laughs> Tiffany Stratton and uh, Zoe Stark. And Tiffany Stratton had a, kind of a tough time getting to the ring with the skin of the cat and then kind of tripped around. And it's funny because the announcer tried to cover by saying, oh, the fatigue of this battle royal. Or really what she was doing, she was just hiding the whole time and like pouncing on people. She wasn't doing yeah. much other than being an opportunist. Uh, but <laughs> just to add a, a couple of rough spots, but did get eliminated. And then Cora Jade came running through the crowd to go after uh, uh, Zoe Stark, who Zoe Stark did eliminate Cora Jade. Yeah, I, I that was so freaking funny. I I literally laughed out loud when she eliminated Cora Jade. I was a little heartbroken when she eliminated Tiffany Stratton. But listen, if you're gonna have somebody come back and make a big deal about it, then hopefully you know they do something here with um, Zoe Stark. Another one that I'm worried about is our girl Lash Legend. She keeps getting these big opportunities and doing nothing with them. Um, I liked her backstage promo, but you know she wasn't. I I have a feeling she's gonna go into a feud with. <laughs> Alba Fry, did you hear Mandy Alba, Rose? Mandy Rose. <laughs> it has the best of us. I know, I laughed, Alba Fry. But yeah, <laughs> I thought it was fun. I like the Battle Royal, women main event thing. It was fun. Um, I really, really, shout out to Tiffany Stratton. That's, that's what, if I got to take one thing away tonight, is that Tiffany Stratton is as great as I think in my brain she is. She had a little bit of a hard time, like you said here or there, but she looked great. Uh, Alba Fry needs to call her Mindy Rose now. That should be their whole thing. Ah! 
Mindy Rose and Alba Fry. <laughs> We've got a couple of super chats from Allison Tuckwell for 499. Does Eric Bischoff work with WWE behind the curtains with my live shows? No, he does not. He was put in as kind of a figurehead as the executive director, I believe, of SmackDown. And then yeah. that fell apart really quickly. But it's Jeff Jarrett. No, isn't he the one that's running the, the live shows now? Yes, no? Vice President of Live Events, Jeff Jarrett, and he's going to be wrestling. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett is so popular. Like I okay, so I had no idea that he's gonna be the special guest referee at um at SummerSlam. Yeah. And now he's gonna be a Ric Flair's final match. Like this man is like talk about forbidden door. Jeff Jarrett is breaking them all. I would have loved if the QR code ended up being Jeff Jarrett. Just <laughs> <laughs> He's getting get get that bag. Get that bag, Jeff Jarrett. That's Jeff Jarrett is securing all kinds of bags. Hey, let's not forget about this. We're talking about year-end awards. When we give the securing that bag award, we gotta keep getting them checks award goes to Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Yep. Yep. Yes, it does. More from Allison Tuckwab putting Roger Kids through college with 1999. Sorry, I messed up. Excuse my message. Just to apologize. What a it's very, all good. Don't apologize. We appreciate you, Allison. Yeah, very much, Allison. Thank you very much. Look at Kevin, Kelvin. Kelvin. I love that. WC, one of the bloodiest territories I've seen. It really is. The so hardcore, was... the very, if you guys know your research, but you know, I'm a newbie. I'm a newbie. But if you do your research, the very first place where foreign objects were introduced in a wrestling match was Puerto Rico. But, you know, I don't know anything about wrestling, right? But anyways, it was in WWC, and it was actually a baseball bat. The first barbed wire match, I think, believe happened here. Not exploding barbed wire. They put barbed wire around the ring. Anyways, you know, you guys, you kids wouldn't know about that stuff. And uh, I would love if Von Wagner and Sola Sokoa started just brawling through the Puerto Rican wrestling matches. I would love to, to see really it. I might run into that. You know, yeah. Have you not seen your girls being booked and busy covering all the events here? Absolutely. here, everywhere. <laughs> like, I'm, try, I'm trying to get to Jeff Jarrett's level. So I'm over here. I'm over here. I'm on Lucha Libre Online. I'm on my YouTube. I'm on all the wrestling events. Listen, I'm going to – Jeff Jarrett ain't got shit on me. Hey, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett, shit, you're going to come for some of his bags, it looks like. <laughs> but that's the show tonight. What do you think of the show as a whole, Isa? I, I have fun watching NXT tonight. It wasn't must-watch television. I, no, you know, nothing happened that I would say you have to go and watch this. But overall, it was it was enjoyable. It was watchable, and that's all I asked for. Yeah, I thought this was a good follow-up from last week. Uh, some stuff hit, some didn't, but I, I really did like a lot of the bigger stories that they're telling, and they did a good job with Cora Jade. I think that she shows promise as a heel. I, I hope that she's able to gel into this role and they don't keep rushing it and they're able to eventually tell a story. I think NXT is a lot more enjoyable than what people give it credit for. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's far from perfect, but it's an enjoyable show and people are not, not enough people are giving it a chance. That is a life lesson. Just lower your expectations a little bit. You'll be surprised. <laughs> and you might oh! love. I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I always expect the worst. That's why sometimes go. I'm pleasantly surprised. I go to everything, not just wrestling, everything in life, expecting the worst. And every that morning, way, every once in a while, yeah. I completely agree. Every morning I wake up and the world isn't on fire, it's a good day. Oh, every morning I wake up and I say, this day is going to be shit. And that one, if it's a good day, it's great. You build up from that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Allison Tuckwell again. Sorry that I messed my message up there. Next twice when things mellow out, you think they'll bring Vince McMahon's DVD documentary out? I <sighs> think it's going to depend on what the findings are. 
if he's found guilty, he's not going to allow them to make a documentary about him because that will have to be brought out, right? But I have a no. feeling that if he's if he's able to, like, swipe this under the rug, he's going to pay all these companies to put out a documentary so that everybody knows that he's not a creep. <laughs> Regardless of what comes out of this, if, and I think when eventually they do make this movie, then the, uh, the facts aren't going to change them from telling the story. They'll come out not guilty. They'll discredit them. They'll make it seem like a bunch of succubuses came for him. They'll do anything they can to make it look like, oh, no, they were up, they were up against Vince, and poor Vince was it had his back against the wall. Honestly, but who cares? With all these biopics that they're making recently and they're bending the truth so much, like they might have a whole different case on him in the documentary because even films that are considered documentary are not telling full truths nowadays. Oh, absolutely. We live in a, multiple different realities. And we live in a society. All too happy to exploit that, exactly. <laughs> Did we really just go... Okay, yeah. Yeah, we read so that one think, already. Yes, I do think yeah. that we are going to see a Vince McMahon documentary at some point. Who knows about what or from whom, but who knows? Who knows how this all goes, maybe within the next 10 years. But, you know, there's a lot of more important issues at hand in terms of this entire story. But that's Tuesday night on NXT. We'll be back. East is back tomorrow for the Wednesday night in AW uh, Dynamite yes, podcast. We'll be back on Friday. Hopefully the three best friends can reunite then. I don't know what's going on with our schedule. Something is up. We just can't sync up, you know? We're building to the big reunion, and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. It's gonna. I'm going to wear some sequin or something. There we go. We can't be NXT just rushed through all these storylines. we got to build to our reunion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Issa, NYC, Demon Diva, I'm Alfred Kunawada. This is nasty. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.